Welcome back to a bevy of bloods for round seven of the 2023 AFLW season. We celebrated Mayan Grook, but with last week's roaring win came this week's disappointing loss. But look, fluff up those tail feathers and we'll get stuck into it with a potentially but hopefully less biased yarn about all things to do with our beloved bloods. G'day there, Signets and Swanlings. Again, I am Chris, and this week I am joined by the usual crew of Steve-O and Polly. Welcome back, both of you. Cheers, mate. It's good to have you both. Now, look, just before we get stuck into it, my normal spiel, do you support the Swans? Of course you do. Do you support other Swan supporters? I do, and you should too. You know what you should also do? Support the potty that is supporting your swans by going to any of the social medias of your preference and to where this potty is. Hit like, hit subscribe, all those boring things, and I'll start leaving you alone going forward. All right, now let's get stuck into the game. Last Saturday, our Sydney Swans were defeated by the Hawthorne Hawks by 14 points with a final score of 5 10 40 for the Hawks and 3-8-26 for the Swannies. First impressions to the crew. Polly, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, um, that was a tough loss. Uh, I don't really know how we lost that game. Um, I'm starting to feel like when we're the favourites, we do worse. So, you know, maybe don't put so much pressure on the girls and maybe they'll come back good. <laughs> Leave them but, alone. Um, yeah, they were really good early signs and then they just fell off and it was very disappointing to see. Um, but then again, like the, most of the ball was in their forward 50, so the defenders did a good job to keep it to only 14 points, I have to say. Yeah, um, not not great <laughs> one to talk about, but uh, there were still some good parts of the game. Yeah, we'll get stuck into all of those. Steve-O, what about yourself, man? Oh, I mean, I didn't watch it live. I was out of town all weekend, so I didn't get to see the game like, in real time, and, and I checked the scores because I, w- I wasn't going to wait two days to, to watch the game it would be impossible I'd like to know the scores so I knew the score when I watched the replay the other day and like watching the first three minutes I would have thought we were going to flog them by 10 goals you know I was like how do we possibly not win from here and then it just they, they took over I mean after those first two goals Hawthorne had I think the next eight scoring shots I counted and it took us until the start of the second quarter to get a touch inside 50 which gives you an idea of just how dominant they were with the field position and that inability to sort of get the ball out of the back half and and I don't know like okay it's a developing side and we know that and I think we do need to be patient still and they're going to be up and down they'll have their better weeks like against Port and then this is like the the flop back the other way but it was frustrating because I thought we were going to win this one you know it's it's not like we got beaten by Brisbane or by Melbourne or or someone it was a home loss against a team that we thought that we could really have a good chance of getting a, a good result against and you know hopefully staying in consideration for finals and it just didn't happen so it was it was disappointing but there were some good moments in the game that we can chat about as well but yeah pretty frustrating honestly to watch the, the replay of it yeah a bit sad i mean we were all really excited i took the chilean contingency my grandparents and my parents out to the game noddy met us at half time we had a big crew we we're all really excited and yeah i think all of us kind of felt that the way we've been playing lately we deserve to win this game and we had it in us to win the game and it just didn't see like we got firing eh? like a bit pretty disappointing yeah. man like i didn't know yeah um i don't know it's hard to even pinpoint where they lost um part of me thinks not having our two two of our main forwards did really make a big impact that so we didn't have lachlan or newman which honestly so devastating 
come back to how bad yeah, the yeah. game was. But the fact that uh, Alicia Newman didn't get to wear her jersey that she designed in Margrook is just... I think it just started herself for disappointment because when that <laughs> happened, it was going to be all downhill from there. Um, I feel that's the omen. That's what, that's, yeah. that's, that's what we knew. We all should have been like, uh-oh, we're in a problem yeah. here. Alicia yeah. Newman's not going to play in her own jersey. Like, yeah. The hell? yeah. So, so um, I think that, yeah, both having not having her or Brooke really, I think, did make a big impact. Um, we had a very junior forward line with Beck being basically the only one back there. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's kind of interesting, like Mr. Scowens, Scowens, um coach, he kind of was a bit, he really kind of felt that the game in itself was like really, he was happy with the game, like in, in a way that he's like, it was a highly contested game. Um, he, he said, well, sort of, he said the following things. It was a, it was a contested kind of game. We couldn't just keep up with the pressure. Um, uh, and he suggested it's a bit of an analogy on a journey it's like we're on a bus and sometimes the bus hits traffic and he was kind of suggesting that sometimes just you, know, you, you basically hit a wall and you just can't get through it but it was just kind of an interesting approach to what I felt uh, he should have riled them up like this is a game against the the peers of the Swannies around the same time just as Steve-O was saying and they could have done something with it I would have loved to have seen him do something with it eh Steve-O? Yeah, and, and they sort of, I mean, you could see that after those first three minutes when the Swans controlled the ball, I think Hawthorne barely touched the ball in the first couple of minutes. And the Swans had two goals on the ball before they could blink, and then they got it forward, and they got a good goal themselves, and they were just able to really, really um, work hard. Like, I think Hawthorne played well, and they played the sort of game that um, that didn't suit the Swans, because the Swans have been all through the season, we've seen them wanting to move the ball with precision, and with dash, and with dare, and they clogged it up. They didn't let the Swans clear their lines. The Swans were forced to kick long to either contests or they were forced to kick short to 50-50s quite a lot of time coming out of the back. Ball got turned over and we just weren't getting the ball forward for huge chunks of that game. And and it happens, you know. You, you do get bad days and the problem is when you've only got 10 matches, you don't want to have too many of them, you know. It's, um, it's hard to catch up once you start dropping wins. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about Polly. I remember we were talking about like, the smaller, if we're going to be going these small, small little kicks back and forth all the time, and that's going to be our strategy. It's not going to take long for someone to figure it out. Like, yeah, it, it kind of felt like after that was done, after we were just being caught and the ball was getting turned over, we didn't have another plan. We didn't go for anything else. I know they moved some players around, but it, nothing really eventuated from it. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Like, in when you think about the Port game and you compare, because I guess this is a really good comparison because Port also came into the league at the same time as the Swans and the Hawks. So you would think all three of us should be on pretty even playing fields. Um, when we were playing Port, we figured out a way to get the game back in our momentum and win. We could not figure that out against the Hawks, and I'm just really struggling to pinpoint where that came from because our best players still stood up and had really good games. Yeah, good and point. if you look at the stats... The stats are very even across the board, but it did not feel like that watching. And I know we often talk about how with the women's game, the stats really don't mean all that much. Um, but I just wonder if maybe injuries and not having our regular team and stuff like that, where the girls who are, have the more experience just couldn't get figure out how to get everyone to follow what they were trying to do. Um Yeah, it's hard. And, and you know what? It could just be credit to Hawthorne because they did play really, really well, like you know, we, Chris and I spoke at halftime and we said that 
it's a shame. It's a good that they can't kick straight because we they would be way out in front by this point. And it, you know that ended up happening. They ended up scoring some really amazing goals. So um, it could just be that teams that are doing <laughs> worse on the ladder end up having really good games against us, like when West Coast only beat us. So um, yeah, it's just a disappointing showing, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is. Looks like there's, uh, I feel like there's not too much of a gap either between teams, I don't know, maybe 8, 9, 10 on the ladder all the way down to the bottom parts of the ladder. There's not a huge gap. So if a Hawthorne, who's only won one game coming into this, has a good day, they can easily knock off the Swans who have had, you know, three good wins of the season. And these teams, there's, there's a, probably a lot of competition too. Like the Hawthorne team will be thinking, okay, they've come in the same. This is a team for us to have a real crack at. You know, they probably built themselves up to this game. It was one that was circled in the calendar weeks and weeks ago. This is a game we're really, really going to hit. Swans have come off a road trip. They've come off a big win, a big rush, and and been brought back down to earth, you know, and that happens in footing. That was interesting you say that because I kind of feel that maybe the Port game was our little, like, you know, highlighter on the calendar to be like, we're going to go back to Adelaide, but this time we're going to compete. We're going to go super hard and blah, 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 blah. Maybe that was a bit of their side as well, where Hawthorne was mm. like, look, they, they gave us a scare last time um, and we managed to get back and this is the game where we want to kind of really come up with it. So, Yeah, and it was Hawthorne's first ever win on the road, which obviously yep. we mm. did last week. Yep. And that could have even been, yeah, like if we want to ever get a win on the road, this is our opportunity because at the moment we don't seem to have the best track record at Henson Park, which is a bit sad being our home ground, but... Um, you know, it's again good good opposition are looking at those things. They go, maybe this isn't the ground for them. Maybe they're better at North Sydney Oval. Maybe they're better at smaller grounds, things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's this is quite interesting too. Like just just this discussion that we're having now, we're in season two, and we're livid <laughs> in a way about the way they played. Like the our expectations of the girls is quite high, and only because of what they've been able to deliver on the field so far. Like so. We yeah. although we're we're suggesting oh my god we're a bit disappointed. This is a good thing. We are meant to be, like they're playing really well and they've got great players and they've gotten the most out of a lot of these players and so and there's more to come. Uh, and it is it's fine right yeah. as fans. If if uh, we had lost every game up until this point, I think yeah we'd be having a different conversation. We would have been like yeah it was close and we did a good job and uh, the defenders did really well. But it's when we've already got to the expectation of the girls hitting certain targets and doing. St- certain things well and when they don't meet those certain expectations it is hard to kind of wrap your head around the yeah. fact that they're only played 17 games ever and yeah, things ever. like that it's not bad <laughs> steve i guess finals are we suggesting that finals are kind of we can scrap that or we still have a chance given the way that the, the season is going and the way the teams are playing i think if you look at the amount of teams that are clustered around that middle part of the ladder um Finals is going to be tough, and I don't think it's even the matter that the Swans can't get the wins because we've got we've got the Bulldogs, we've got Fremantle, we've got Collingwood. They're all games we can win. Collingwood have knocked off Brisbane, so I think that probably not. Fremantle, I think, is away, so that's another tough one. We've got the Bulldogs. Even if we won those three, I think just because our percentage is quite a bit off the teams we're competing with, like our percentage is, I think, 79, 80, around there, yep. and then the teams that we'd probably be wanting to displace have got percentages up in the mid to high 90s, even over 100. So we're really probably two wins off the finals rather than one, which the latter points, which is just because of the percentage. I reckon it's going to be tough from here, but one thing we absolutely would have to do to have even a hope of it is to win next week against the Dogs, who've been struggling. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not all doom and gloom. 
good, the bad, and the ugly, and the stats. Uh, Polly, did you have anything, uh, any moments of the game that you want to kind of talk through? Yeah, um, I said it a bit earlier, but I think the defenders were fantastic. Um, If they didn't stand up as well as they did, the Hawks could have won by 50 easily. Uh, Some of the the defenders back there, we'll get into it in the Bob medal, um, were just had absolutely phenomenal games. Um, Like, there's only so much they can do. I, I, the ball felt like it was down that end of the field the majority of the game and you're going to let some in and they only managed to lose by two goals so they had a really good game um, and I but yeah I honestly credit goes to them because we couldn't move the ball anywhere else on the field so we managed and we managed to hold them up in their forward 50 which was good signs because you're going to need to do that against even better teams yeah no doubt Steve-O what about yourself mate yeah, sort of tacking onto the back of what Polly's saying. I mean, bringing the ball out of the back line struggled big time. I lost count of how many forward half, like our defensive half intercepts the Hawks got in that game. We just weren't clearing the back line. But then the other part of that is when we were getting it forward, we weren't making the most of the, the relatively limited opportunities that the midfield and the defenders were generating when it was coming forward. There was a point in that second quarter where there were three really bad set shot misses. Two in particular were quite bad. Um, by by Ham, Privatelli and Hurley. Really good build-up play, all of them. Really strong marks inside 50, all of them. And, and any of those could have sort of swung the momentum. That was in the start of the second quarter when we were ahead still. And they got back ahead by a couple of points. We could have got ahead. You know, we could have got ahead again. And then the momentum of the game shifts totally. Hawthorne can't just play a smothering, congesting game. They can't just lock it all up. They've got to find a way to score, which they eventually did in the third quarter. But if we've been able to push ahead by a goal or two or even three in that second quarter by maximising on that really good work coming up the ground through the midfield and the defenders it really shifts how the game's played by both sides so that was disappointing um, to, to miss those ones and and then again we saw the same thing in the final quarter when um, I think it was Cynthia Hamilton had a set shot yeah. which he missed as well and that was when we still could have had a bit of spark there was time left in the game but when you do that like when, when forwards miss shots at goal, especially set shots that have come from good build-up play, it really can deflate the midfielders and the defenders who've worked their guts off to get the ball up there and then you get nothing and you're like, shit, here we go again. And and that's that's a shame because, you know, football is all about momentum, as we know, and there were some chances to really seize the momentum, which we didn't get because of because of these errors, you know. Yeah, they were disappointing, all of those. I remember the one, Cynthia one in particular, you're mentioning there at the beginning-ish of the third, last quarter, when she was lining up, it was like, what, 30, 35 kind of out maybe from just a slight angle. And we're like, this is a, for- a forward a veteran. I'm calling her a veteran. She's freaking seven game- 17 games in. But yeah. I mean, you know. Like, <laughs> best and fairest winner though. You know, yeah, best and not. fairest winner. You know, yeah. she's got a lot of expectation. And this year's not been quite her best year. She is definitely building up though. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, that was madly disappointing. I, I, that was for me. I was just like, God, that that would have been the spark in the crowd as well. Like that would have got everyone up and like, there's a chance here we can yeah. rip it back like we did against GWS. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that just... reward for effort. You know, like all the effort goes in, you want the reward back, and then when you don't get it, like in anything in life, not just footy, you know, you feel mm-hmm. flat. Yeah. And uh, you can definitely tell in the crowd. Obviously, Chris and I were both there. Did feel like the Hawthorne fans were much louder than the Swans fans, just because it got to the point where we were like, "Well, we've lost this game. They're mm. not showing up. They're, they're not showing up like we thought they would." So, let's just drink beer and eat cheese. That's what it kind of felt like at the ground. <laughs> drink beer and eat cheese. <laughs> yeah, there was no pizza this week. I did notice that. That's something I was a bit disappointed about. But they did have a good Brazilian like. Um, like hamburger kind of thing. That was pretty good. The smoked hamburger thing. That was pretty sweet. 
Um, <laughs> so, so the catering <laughs> was, was the real winner. On yeah, the, day. the, the real <laughs> winner was my family because they were just they <laughs> ate absolutely everything, drank everything, and walked out with a big smile on their face. So that oh, was we could. the real winner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one had a bad day. The game didn't really matter. I think for most people, <laughs> it was still a great day. Thirty yeah. degree day at Henson Park. Yeah, it was a cracker. Was it, it really that hot? Was, was it thirty degrees? Wow. Yeah. 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 You know what the weather was like where I was? I was at a small little seaside village in southwestern Finland. It was blowing a gale and about minus three degrees. It was miserable. A little bit different. Yeah, <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. Sounds like Tasmania, basically. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was in the northern Tasmania. You know, <laughs> I, w- I uh, remember being in Tassie in mid-December. Um, and I was out there on a big mountain bike trip by myself. I hired a van. I just fucking tripped around. And I ended up going up to the top of like one of the, the mountain, uh, I think Mian, Mian Ranges. I think it's on the uh, eastern side of Hobart on the, the Belry side. I get up to the top of that mountain and it's it's Arctic winds. Like it's minus zero. It's so cold. And this is the middle of December. I go back down and we're doing whatever. The next day we go driving off to go up to Lonnie. It's literally snowing on us. And I'm <laughs> and I'm like looking at the door. I'm like, is that snow? And I'm in the car and there's a bloke next to me wearing a pair of board shorts and thongs and a t-shirt. And you see him actually just look up at the sky and just shake his head like, oh. <laughs> like I just picked the wrong day in Tasmania. Like <laughs> He looked proper local, but it was just like, jeez, oh, I got caught out again. Kind of feeling. It is a Gotta wild run home. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can't wait for them to get a football team. That's going to be fucking oh, It's going to be so mental. exciting. They're going to be hard. <laughs> hardy, hardy people. Um, all right, look, let's get stuck into maybe the Bob medal because we did speak about all the players. We we're disappointed in some aspects of it, but there were some really good players. As Polly said, a lot, quite a few of them stepped up. So, um, look, uh, the Bob medal is the equivalent of the Bob Skilton medal, which is uh, we give three, two, po- three, two, one points out to the best ones players. And I have totally forgotten to think of a gift for this week. So in light of my parents and my grandparents having the best week, my grandmother makes probably the best Dota Milocha going around in the world. It's like this layered cake with like um, dulce de leche and these all these layers. It's like, it's called um, Dota Milocha. It's like meant to be a million layers of all these like crispiness and deliciousness and caramel stuff. Amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> she is she is actually famous within the Chilean community for making it. That's how good she is. So one Dr. Maloka coming out to three points for Gardner, two points for Malloy, and one point to Tarrant. Um, look, either of you two, uh, uh, what, who wants to talk about Gardner? Uh, yeah. Um, look, I think this is maybe the fourth week in a row. She's won three votes. Uh, another phenomenal game from her. She had uh, 28, sorry, 27 disposals and eight tackles. Um, and currently sits second on the overall coaches' votes for the league um, and pretty clearly in second, which is amazing because who would have thought a player that we randomly picked up from Geelong would just flourish at the Swans so easily and become one of the best players in the league? Who would have thought we wouldn't have a best player in the league in our second season, let alone the fact that this basically no-name player managed to come to us and just absolutely kill it Um She's just, uh, we can always rely on her to step up no matter what the situation the game is in. She will come out smashing, basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the best player in the team that wasn't going to be Malloy or McAvoy. Like, yeah. yeah like, like, who would have thought? Or, or Bontana Ham for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. We got so lucky. So, 
Um, I hope she keeps killing it for the next three games, and I think she's really going to have a strong crack at it for Best and Fairest, but we will have to wait and see. (laughs) Look, at this rate, she's doing a bit of uh, Errol Gordon where she's just trying to rack up points halfway at the season and just trying to take it away. And then break her hearts in the very last (laughs) round. (laughs) And just, boom, yeah, I know. She'd have to have a good lead, though, wouldn't she? What, three games to go? She'd be up there. Look, I, I do have the numbers in front of me, but I'm not going to let you guys know. Okay, I'm fair enough. Some, some and, and I honestly, I don't have the patience to go back through all the run sheets from the previous episodes and tally well, it up myself. Well, I, well, I, well, I was talking about the league best and fairest. Which oh, the league gonna, one, okay. She's definitely going to oh, win the Bob yeah, 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 yeah. She's, she's, yeah, she's win the Bob medal. She's yeah. got to be a lock. We could probably give it to her now, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she could be Look, just not even turn up for the last three games. You've got a holiday. <laughs> How's my effort? I'm just, I'm just like, oh, look at me! I'm so organised. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you guys what I'm up to. I haven't updated it since round four, so there you go. I'm, uh, I'm oh, well behind. There you go. You got a project for the week then? Yeah. Yeah, it's just punching, <laughs> punching nine numbers. It's not that hard. By, take by round ten. To do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, as oh, Polly said, second overall in the coaches' votes, right? Like she is. Why can't she get? The yeah. best and fairest. What is the best and fairest court in there? It's just called that? the best and fairest. They well, don't they give it to someone's yet. name or nothing. Not, no. not yet. I not think yet. eventually uh, it'll probably be called like the Daisy. Um, the Daisy Pierce Medal. Thank you. I forgot the last name. It's really bad, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be something like that. But yeah. um, at the moment, it's just the best and fairest, which is confusing because all the teams have their own best and fairest. Yeah, so you're just yeah. saying like it's a bit weird when you're like they're going to win the best and fairest. Like which one? Which one? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I think she, I really do think she'll have a crack at it. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Until- it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny. If you're not a massive AFL or even league fan for that matter, and if you hear someone go, oh, they want a, a Dally M, you're like, what the f- is that? Yeah, what's like, that? When I want a Brownlow, I'm like, that sounds lame, but it's actually like the best thing ever, right? So, yeah. yeah. At least Dally M was a player there, right? Because the Brownlow, yeah, yeah. it's just like some Geelong administrator from like God knows how many <laughs> decades ago. It's like, was Classic it like? Classic AFL. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they're angling for. I think McLaughlin wants it to be the Gil McLaughlin trophy. Oh, here. you're right. Oh, you know, yeah. you're right. You're right. It's going to be the Gil McLaughlin medal. Uh, oh, no. That's going to be his departing gift. Oh, no. <laughs> in recognition right. of his foundational work in somehow not destroying the oh, AFLW. Yeah. It's like Dylan against McLaughlin all of his efforts. But coming you know, this close. <laughs> yeah, he, he tried hard in his time. <laughs> He only oh. destroyed one league in his time. That's that's what we need to recognise. He's hired another guy to to wreck the other one, the one he made up. Like yeah, which we'll get oh, into man. it down at the end. And the one last thing yeah. about how they're trying to do their best to put the pump the brakes and everything. But yeah, oh my God, Steve, you're right, mate. It's going to be called the the, the Gila McGurkin uh, Medal. It's going to be brutal. Oh, oh it's a uh, sad world we live in. Baby listeners, if you're listening now, go put money on that because it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's, a lock. it's a lock. Like, <laughs> like this. There's. It's. It's like. Uh, yeah. It, it's like crypto, bro. Like, it's. It's a lock, bro. You're gonna make money. It's fine. <laughs> Trust us. Trust us. <laughs> oh well. All right. Sorry. I guess. I mean, she's coming second in the Gillam Gillam McGurkin medal. The Gillam McLaughlin yeah. medal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God help us all. Oh, God, this is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Polly's losing it. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> Maybe jump to the next one. <laughs> yeah, next player. Who else was good? <laughs> Actually, what uh, I will say, while we're on Gardner, while we're still on, on Laura Gardner, to you who was on her from the start, Grant, like Grant from Finland, who did the, the review of the, the Lions game a few weeks ago, he yeah. had Gardner locked in his fantasy team at the start of the season, and he's cashing in. He's getting little points left, right, and center. He, he was a believer from the start. So, yeah, at least someone saw it coming. Yeah, shout out to him because no Swans fans, dude. Yeah, no. sure. So, like, seriously, we're like, we're like, oh, yay, we got another one. Like, when we yeah. did the review, we spoke about, you know, Chloe Malloy and McAvoy, and we just got into a bit of detail about them. Then we spoke about the Irish contingent as well. We got a bit, uh, got excited about, like, Julia Sullivan, and we kind of skipped over Laura Garner. We're like, yeah, oh, yeah, we, we said, got oh, yeah, we, got this, cool. we got this player from Geelong, and that was it. Yeah, that was the end. That's it. You know? And then all of a sudden, yeah. she's on her way to win a Gillan McGurkin. So, she's smashing it. Yeah. All right, now two points. We move on to Malloy. Uh, Chloe Malloy, of course, captain extraordinaire with that absolutely incredible run in the first quarter to get our second goal, I think. Yeah, second goal, mm. uh, pumped it over to Cynthia. Steve-O, do you want to take it away with old Chloe Malloy? I think I like about Chloe Malloy. She's a very, very talented player. Like She's got the skills of the game. She's got an incredible ability to just do small things that, make changes on the field but she also works really hard like she she puts in a lot of run on the field she gets to a lot of contests i was looking at the stats she had 90 percent time on ground which is a lot for a for a running type player to be on the field um like barely barely coming off at all and you know one of these players who when she gets the ball that i think okay she can have an inf- impact on on what is going to unfold and she takes the game on just like you said, with that great goal that she did. That was because she, she saw a slight little opening, which most players in that situation are probably going to dish off or take on the tackle, get brought to ground, just do a scrappy kick forward. She didn't. She knows that she's got that angle and she's got the ability through her body and her hip movement is really, really strong, straight through these little holes and sets up goals. And that's the sort of stuff she's doing every week. Like her highlight reel from this year is ridiculous. Oh, and yeah. and she just keeps adding to it, you know? Like she probably could have. She did the team thing by kicking it to Cynthia in the forward line. She probably could have had a bounce run through the 50 and launch it herself but she didn't she she did what she was instructed to do you know to to kick long to a player in a good position and yeah it's, it's, it's just enjoyable yeah it's just nice to watch her every week and sometimes she gets caught I don't even care I honestly don't care if she gets caught sometimes when she's taking the game all of that because most of the time she's going to break holes so yeah another really good game for her fewer strong enough to really hold up proper when she when she's on a run so mm. why, why shouldn't she and- go at it yeah yeah, and like just speaking of how she is as a captain, we had two uh, what looked like potential injuries during the game. One was Amy Whelan, and when she went off, she was on there and it looked like she was doing the physio work. I don't know if she has a background in, <laughs> Maybe she's in first aid. Maybe I don't know, nurse. but she yeah. was like, yeah, she was there strapping and she was like the first one to make sure the girls were okay. And then a similar situation happened with Lexi where uh, Lexi got a, a downfield free kick and Chloe was supposed to take it, but instead of taking it, she ran to Lexi, pushed the other player off her, and came back and was like, "No, don't touch my girls! Yeah. Like, they did. don't mess with us! Like, I'm, uh, you can wait for me to take this free kick. I am telling you not to touch her." So, um, it, it's really great just to see how much of a captain she is and how much of a leader. I think is uh, just makes it makes it even better. Really, she that that she is adorable 
like in a way that's like how much she cares like yeah it's not adorable is not the way of it like she just you can see that she's she's all smiles as soon as, soon as the game's done she's got a big smile on her face she's like loving the fact she that the team Woody. is competitive yeah but then on the field she's an absolute tiger she's, <laughs> she's like do animal. not mess with like, me do not mess with my girls like <laughs> i love the like... i love the slap back she gives to the taggers like she just pushes them out she gives them a bit of a hit every single opportunity like this ah oh, so much yeah. to think there's so much good about her she seems to relish it a bit too, because some players, when they get a tag, they'll go into their shell, but she kind of says, okay, fine, let's go. you know. Yeah, and yeah. and sometimes they shut it down a bit, but she, she just takes it on board and gets on with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of which, that, that big knock between the two players, um, that was pretty wild. That was only a couple of minutes into the first in, into the first quarter. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that looked full on. <laughs> was it was – I don't know how, how they hit – yeah. But there was so much blood. Yeah. It was like it was crazy. Um, so much so that Whelan had to come off the ground a couple times to be restrapped. Um, and we'll touch on it in MRO. But she had to have her jersey replaced. They, <laughs> the number twenty two jersey yeah. was, had <laughs> too that. much blood on it. She had to come back out at number two. So she was playing as number two for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> the old reshore, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, so, um, but they seem to both be, it just seemed to be skin-based. I don't know, maybe if she hit some, like a, a clip in her hair or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, there was a lot of blood for not a big injury. Yeah, it could be like, a, like sometimes eyebrows just bust open yeah. like crazy as well. And yeah. Just skin blood splits easy up there. Yeah. Head, head cuts in general just piss out blood Bleed. all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Scott Scott Gowan has mentioned um, fifteen stitches. I, I don't know how much truth there is to that, if any, but it, it was full on. Like it so, wasn't yeah. in the incident report, so no, I don't so know if that's I, true. <laughs> I think they just kind of padded it up and just got the bleeding stopped. So yeah, it, it was hardcore. I'm, I'm trying to look up Chloe Malloy's work history, but her LinkedIn. I can't. I'm not a member of LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, find. hang on. I, I got you. Give me a second. Talk talk amongst yourselves. Talk suppose. amongst yourselves. Oh, we've been doing a bit of googling. She's but done a few I, different I mean, things. <laughs> You know, it doesn't. They probably have to have first aid training. Being a, a, mm. like, you would think that from like the grassroots level, because obviously she's playing for a while. You would need to have at least one girl on the team that has first aid training. So maybe that was Chloe. <laughs> like the thing where like one out of like every ten people needs to be like a fire warden. I yeah. Who, the, who, the, who is the fire warden in the team then? That's what we need to know. Ooh, okay, that's a good question for Hard the hitting questions listeners. from the baby. Yeah. <laughs> Which of the Swans players are the fire warden? Yeah. Yeah. Can I take that with notice? I might need a bit of work to get an answer on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Steve, yeah. next week, come back and tell us who the fire warden <laughs> who the Swans is. fire warden is. I reckon, I reckon Montana Ham would look really, really cool in that hat. Because, you know, in the workplace, you've actually got to have the hat thing. Yeah. There. yeah I reckon she'd look pretty cool because she's already so tall. I reckon she'd look pretty imposing with a fire wooden hat mm. on top of her head. Oh, can you imagine Ali how imposing she <laughs> yeah. would look if she was wearing that? <laughs> She'd be like the full, like the like the fire, not the riot gear. What do firefighters wear when they go into the, you know what I mean, oh. the full suit thing, like with the shield yeah. Yeah. and the, the fire and the whole bit. Suit. Yeah, that stuff. Riot gear. What am I talking about? Someone, <laughs> someone who just walks into danger doesn't care less. I, I don't know who would it be. Oh, Lexi. It's Lexi. Lexi? Yeah, yeah. It's Lexi. yeah. Lexi's she'd be a good fire warden. She can yeah. have the job. She, and she likes wearing hats and helmets, so uh, you have to wear that I mean, silly well, helmet. That's, yeah. that's Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 so Cynthia. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it all wrong. Just, yeah. All right. Her I just, headgear I've looked, is wicked, though. Yeah. I've looked up uh, Chloe Malloy and her work history. Let me let me get it out a little bit. Okay, so she's been a receptionist, a parcel okay. collector. Um, she's also been a media and communications intern. 
uh, a kitchen hand, um, and a, she's currently a support worker. But there is nothing oh. in here about uh, her being any medical training. Although she probably no. would have some from the support. Yeah, the support worker, they would need worker. some sort of training, I would imagine. Okay, yeah. there you go. So yeah. she is the most qualified person on our team. Yeah, even if with any the of the girls there. go down at training, <laughs> yes, she's on there, ready to be ready to restrap. When I when I bumped into her uh, the other the other week, I should have just feigned an injury, and that might have yeah. been the Cramp. <laughs> Oh, just roll my ankle in front of her and she's like oh you want to help like she would if she sure. did the right thing by the team she should have just walked away and just gone straight to, straight to the game and just gone I want nothing to do with this fucking crazy person yeah, call the police there's, there's, yeah. there's a really strange erratic man on the beach run. Yeah, yeah this guy keeps falling over in Kuji. I don't know what the situation is he's falling up around me like pretending I, I, I wouldn't notice like three times yeah. it's weird yeah. I think and then he's he tags me work. a random reel so no <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a swan's hat. I think there's a bit of a clue to it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We, we digress. <laughs> what else happened so in the footy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get back to the footy. Uh, all right. So, uh, one point uh, out to Tarrant. Polly, I'll pass it over to you. It's, it's yeah. Um, obviously, I've waxed lyrical about how good the defenders were, but yeah. Tarrant in particular was phenomenal. Um, without her there, Hawthorne would have scored a million more goals. Uh, she basically worked as a goalkeeper, 12 intercepts and 14 possessions, like just ridiculous numbers. She just looked so solid and every week she just gets more solid in that back line. Um, uh, she's just, yeah, I'm so happy that she's there and playing that position because she can take a mark like no one else in the team for sure. Yeah, yeah, she was special. She was really good without the ball i noticed like she was mm. positioned herself she was every time that she had a player she always had them in the right spot i did notice with ella heads as good as she is there was a few times where she gave her opposition some room and yeah. then by the time they got a lead she was too slow to catch up with them yeah. so she kind of gave him some room she's like all right i'm just going to sit here and see if i can you know faint them faint them into like having a shot or something and then as it turns out, they, they ended up getting an easy enough mark. And she did that a couple of times. But Tarrant was just solid. She was sticking yeah. to everyone. She's like human duct tape, that old, that old analogy. Like she is, she is the one. She is grand. Yeah. And I think she and is like the most underrated player in the team right now. 100%. 100%. And there was, a I think, a string of three goals for Hawthorne in the third quarter. And I'm pretty sure it was when she was off the field. So I think yeah. that speaks volumes to her importance in the team. Yep. One thing that Gowans did say in his little thing as well was that he, um, we're going to talk about Lucy McAvoy in a second. And he said that he's trying to move Lucy into the mids a bit more and he's expecting to do that going forward. He wants to get her more mid minutes because she's like, he's, she's naturally a mid. She's just designed for us. It's exactly what we need her for. But, um, and he said going forward, they're going to look at selection to try to make more room for her in the mids to try to fill up that back line. But just given how young that backline is, he's basically asked her to go back there and be a captain for those girls. But as we know, it like Taryn's kind of kind of got this um, McCart Tommy McCartan energy where she's going back, she's learned the learned the craft, she's learning very very quickly. She might start being a bit of a general back there. So uh, kind of looking yeah. at her for that next string of uh, of leadership as well. All right. Um, special mention, McAvoy. I quickly mentioned the um, uh, Steve-O. Do you have got anything good to say about old Lukey? Oh, I mean, she's very strong. 
in the mm. back and and like you said she's she's playing a role she's playing a very strong leadership role down there and the ball was coming in a lot yeah. like a lot a lot a lot and with the amount of ball coming inside 50 they probably could have kicked the biggest score really um unfortunately we just weren't able to clear the lines and get the ball end to end but it wasn't because of anything that she didn't do you know and and she even kicked that great goal at the end which um, made me think, man, that was a rocket of a kick. Like, imagine if we had her, like you said, playing in the midfield a bit further up the ground, sort of running towards goal more. Like, that's yeah. a, a real damaging um, player that we could have going through there. Deep entries into the 50 as well, which would do wonders for us, I think, as well. So, so not have to depend on the that contested mark all the time, trying to get some scrap. Yeah, and, and just getting awesome. it in a better range too, because um, we see in the AFLW that a set shot from around 40 is still on the very, very edge of the range of most of the players. And so mm. you're really wanting to penetrate deeper than that. And so if you're winning the ball out of the center and then hitting that spot between about 35 and 40, it, you're still not really in a comfortable goal scoring range. So if you've got someone like Lucy who can break that line, or like Clyde Malloy did in the arm um, mm. with that beautiful kick in the first quarter, if you've got players who can do that, then you can get the ball in much better goal scoring positions than if you're sort of just dobbing it in around 35, 40, 50. Okay, it's an inside 50 on the stat sheet, but who cares? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't get you a shot on goal. Yeah, you need those penetrating kicks. Mm. If the penetrating kicks for the girls are going to go 35, 40, like hard, and like to to make a mess of the opposition, so to make the defenders panic. So you can't get a big like even if you get the loopy one. So yeah, you got to get you got to get in deep. So yeah, let's see. I, I I mean, if we do start seeing her, if Gowans is like effectively saying, look, you know, for the rest of the season we're going to start moving some magnets, going to trial some stuff out, then um yeah, let's see where that ends up. But if she gets more infield minutes. Uh, yeah, you never know. Midfield minutes, rather. Uh, bloody baseballer talking here. Um, yeah, that'd be really good. Um, uh, anyone else there, Polly, that you want to mention? I mean, she's always on the list, so but we've got to mention her name. Morpheus was amazing again. I think yeah. even on the um, coverage, they were saying she's basically got the rising star wrapped up at this point. Like, it's going to be impossible to pick someone other than her. She's just been so good and... She hasn't found an opposition I've really thought she's struggled against. I think Carlson was the only one where we were like, that wasn't her best game. But uh, apart from that, she's just been dominant against every rough person she's come across. And it's really amazing to see and I can't wait for her to continue to get better. Because again, all of these girls are very young. Maybe I think Mappaboy yes. might be the oldest. So they're only going to get better, which is even more amazing. Yeah, solid. She... She's a special one, and uh, yeah, picked up as you said, rising star. If we get a rising star from her, that'd be just unbelievable. Like wow, like wow, wow, wow. She's nineteen. Sorry, Giants. Nineteen. You. <sighs> Your problem, uh, Steve-O, Anyone for you, mate? Any any last ones? Uh, not so much a best player, but just one that um that. I'm really liking every week seeing is Montana Ham. She, I mean, she wasn't in our best five players. I don't think, I think the ones we've just gone through now would have been our best five. And Montana, she had a reasonable impact on the game, but she's been injured a lot. And just every week she does something which makes me look at her and think, wow, that is a really, really class quality footballer. And if they can just get some consistent game time into her, she's going to be an absolute star. There was, um, and we, which she didn't get the goal, unfortunately, but the moment that I, that I remember particularly in that game was when she came out on a beautiful lead 
and goes back and she doesn't convert it but but just the ability to take that mark and if you watch the the replay you see her sort of drifting down having pushed up as a higher defensive line she drifts down and then she's very good at turning her player back around knowing exactly when to go and she takes a very very calm strong mark um, unfortunately didn't convert but that's that's a really rare thing for a footballer especially when they're 19 years old to be dealing with that confidence at the elite level and and the teamwork was great too because the only reason that space was open was because of the work that was being done by people around her and um and while I mentioned it, Jade Anthony, who kicked it to her, was looking very good with the long sleeves in the number 44 with the white top. Those long sleeves, i tell you what, I'm glad I'm not washing the, the team jerseys because it's a lot of white to wash grass stains off. But yeah, um, yeah, Montana Ham, she's going to be a star. We can lock her in the book. Any any disappointment so far with her is she hasn't been playing much footy. Yeah, momentarily only, right? Yeah, and, and, really, really good player. Next year's sponsor is going to be Nappy Sand. I reckon that's going to be <laughs> yeah. I think Omar. I think Omar is one of the spawn sponsors. Oh, there, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Man. Uh, all right, look, let's get to the ladder. So that's three wins, four losses. At, like Steve-O said, 80-ish percent. Uh, puts us into 12th on the ladder. So we didn't really move at all. Um Thankfully, just the teams around us just kind of did their own little thing and, and it's kind of left us all together. It is, as Steve said, a mishmash, a mishmash there uh, between, uh, you know, a couple of teams in the eights and the following few. So finals are going to be pretty hard to get to, but it's not a lost season, Steve. You've got a note here about how we've compared against some of the others. Yeah, I think, okay, we've got a ladder of 18 teams, right? But... Hmm. There's only four teams that have come into the league at the same time as us. So if you think of like our expansion ladder, we're doing pretty good. It was, um, you've got Essendon who came in with us on five. They've had an amazing season. They'll probably play finals. Like they're having a really, really good year. Um, Essendon's got five. Hawthorne have only got two, one against us. Port have only won once. So out of those four teams that have come in, we're looking pretty good. We're, we're the second best with three wins out of that bunch of four. And I think it's worth keeping in mind too that of the most eight recent expansion teams, um, of the ones that have come in in the last, what, four seasons now, um, only Richmond last year has played finals. That's it. So it does take a while to build to get to that point. Yeah. So. I think it's also worth mentioning that um, Essendon and Hawthorne all have VFLW experience yeah. as well, especially yeah. Essendon. They are a very good VFLW team, whereas um, us and Port don't really have that women's tradition of having a women's football team in Sydney and in Port Adelaide. So, um, yeah, it's even once you take a step back further, we're even doing probably better than uh, what you would consider for the four teams that came in at the same time. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, that's yeah, a really, that's that state league level. Yeah. It's mm. a big drop down. I mean, the difference between AFLW and Sydney women's footy is very, very wide compared to the gap between AFLW and VFLW, for example. Yeah. Um, it's huge. Deeper, deeper talent list for sure uh, for those ones. So, yeah. So, but yeah, as you said, so, I mean, Bombers with the five and we're with three wins and we can only add to that as the season goes on so including this week which is a fantastic segue chris well done uh for the game against the bulldogs this week uh the doggies have had the brutal season uh for a bunch of reasons zero wins seven losses including 48 loss to the cats 42 to the d's and 42 to the crows but if you just heard me then cats d's and crows 
they also haven't they've also been given a tough run just given where they did sit in the ladder for last year so and they have been absolutely smashed with injuries uh what do you reckon polly warranted or just bad timing it's it's hard it's going to be an interesting uh retrospective when we look back on this season and wonder how that really happened um but then again by the end of each round i'm hearing more and more this player from western bulldogs got an injury this player from western bulldogs got an injury and they're basically i think running with one of their main senior players at this point so it's really tough for them and i do feel for those girls because you know they are a foundation team um and to see that sort of collapse is obviously not what you want and um it, well, why would we be happy to, you know, take maybe a potentially easy win? It's not, it's not the best situation in the no. long run for the league. And who says it's going to be an easy win? Exactly, it yeah. probably won't be. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's a tough one for those girls. And I think I've heard some rumours that there's some not good coaching stuff going on in the background. So um, let's hope that it's just rumours um, because yeah, you don't want any of the teams falling that far down yeah. when they've uh, been so high before. Yeah, And, and the bottom's bad too. Like if you look at the ladder at the AFLW at the moment, the bottom four teams have three wins combined between them and the highest percentage is 56. That's Port, Giants, West Coast and Dogs. And two of those are foundation teams, Giants and Bulldogs, which mm. is, is not what you want in, a, in building a competition. It doesn't look good. It just goes to show that perhaps the structure that they've got and the, it's just not there. Just the, the depth of players is not there. There's just a lot missing. I mean, you've gotten yeah. this much of a head start, like the Swans should be bottom four. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Yeah, you're like West Coast Port, like. fine. If, if they're in the bottom four, they're developing, they've got a win or two, whatever. But when it's the Giants yeah. and the Dogs with one win between the two of them yeah. and both with percentages barely over 50, it's after seven matches now. It's not like we're early in the season anymore. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think it's good. just like just general depth in the teams is not there for AFLW. Like, you know, th- there's a big gap we've spoken about before between your you know, elite S <laughs> tier players and then A, and there's a big gap between A and the B. And then between that and then just the serviceable players that make up the team, an enormous gap again. So, talent is really hard to come by given how young this competition is. Like I don't think we're going to have a problem in five or six years to fill up every team with quality players, but at the moment it's it's just a little bit tough. We yeah. expanded the way we have, and but hey, it's all it's all been worth it anyway. So it's a still entertaining yeah. game. Yeah, it's it's hard when you're a fan of one of the expansion teams because yeah. you do look at those uh, original teams and go, especially for us, I think it's the Giants. It's probably the saddest one. Um, you go, you know, you had such a long time to build, and then we came in and. We are the team that has the highest viewership numbers and we are the team that have the most attended games. And you go, well, that's definitely a good thing. But then you look at like the fact that teams are losing such talent and depth and you go, well, maybe that's not a good thing. So it's it's really hard to justify in certain areas and there's no clear, real fix or way they should have done it really. Hmm. Yeah, if you look yeah. at like three of those four teams you just said, like Port Adelaide, Giants, and West Coast, and then the Dogs are a, a bit of an outlier. They've had a terrible year with injury in particular. But um, but those other three teams, they're all teams that exist in um, in two team cities, where um, where you've only got a very limited player pool. Most of the players yeah. in AFLW are coming from Victoria, um, and in these other states it's really hard to get them it's it's quite impressive i think actually it shows that what afl queensland has been doing very well 
to have both the Lions and the Suns in finals contention. I think that's that's an amazingly impressive effort to be doing that because you look at the other three states in similar positions, it's the opposite. You know, one of one of their teams is really struggling. So in terms of the long term, you know, how do you think about player allocation when it's a short season, you can't expect people to move out of their states the way that the draft is structured around state allegiances, it's it's really going to be continually tough, I think, for these teams. Yeah, pay more and give more opportunity to move around if they want to, I think, is, is, is part of the, the key to it as well. So fill up some of those players from Victoria. Spread the love. Um, well, you know, yeah. tap into that more Irish pool because those girls That's are doing right. amazing. So bring in those Irish girls because right. they are absolutely killing it. AFLW Ireland on uh, Twitter, if you're listening, you've got to reach Come out to Come on the potty. Come on the potty. Let's talk about the Irish girls. We've got lots of love for them, definitely from our team, and there's plenty of mad talent out there. So, yeah, I know there's plenty of Irish in Coogee. We could just fill up half the team with freaking Coogee people. So it's basically second Dublin. So, yeah. All right, let's get Dublin, the Dublin of the continent. So um, we do have a game ahead of us uh, next week. So uh, MRO, Polly, take it away. What's going on there? Yeah, so it's mostly actually good news this week. So um, even though we talked about that nasty head clash that Whelan got in the first quarter where there was a lot of blood, uh, she has been basically cleared to play with just a lesion. Lexi also came down pretty hard uh, in the last quarter and she didn't even feature on the injury list. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking that as both will be good to play next week, so we shouldn't be too worried there. Uh, Alicia should be back next week after her concussion break. Um, so hopefully, if we are wearing the Indigenous jersey again, she will get a chance to wear it. I'm really hoping that we will. Um, and Brooke Lachlan, who's been out for a couple of weeks because of her MCL, she actually returned to training this week, and uh, she should be good to be come back next week. So we're looking fit and healthy, which is very exciting leading into the last couple of games. Awesome. Selection dramas is always good. Love to see it. Um, danger players for the dogs. Um, what have we got going? She's Ellie Blackburn's the last last one standing, right? Like they're they're <laughs> yeah, really struggling. Tough to say it. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. been awful yeah. for them. And she's a good player though. Like she's a very very yeah, good player. she's a very yeah. good player. Yeah. She's you know can carry that whole team on her back, but it is yeah she pretty much is the only real yeah concern. Which is sad to say. Is it poor form to tag the last surviving <laughs> decent player of their team? No, is that no mean? Four points, man. No, it's not. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's a comp. It's a comp. It's, it's and she's medals. probably used to it is the thing. Like, mm. it's not like, you know, the you know, like that's a game plan. And that's mm. a game plan you play against any team. You're going to tag their best player. So why would you? You can't give that much sympathy to a different team, you say, know. Yeah, it's not Mark Forty, is it? Like, it's like yeah. yeah tagged and we got to win the bloody game too. I mean, there's. Yeah. I, th- I think the main thing for the Swans has to be just to win. Um, got to win it. Not worry about what your opposition is. Just go out there and try and win. Yeah, this is this is another one. Of, they have to win this game. Like, this has got to be a win for the Swannies for sure. There's not, nothing, nothing underneath that is going to be acceptable. Like, this is a must-win game. This is the way they stand. Yeah, and, and like, I'd personally, I'd love to get to a... I mean, if we can't make the finals, which is probably unlikely, I'd still... It'd be really, really great to get to a 50-50 season, like win five, lose five, and we're on three, and we've got three yeah. to go. So it'd be yeah. really nice to get two out of those three. 
Yeah, yeah, well said. Definitely, that would be well above what we even suspected where we'd be at to, to be honest. So I, yeah, I was shoot. very, very, very um, bullish with my prediction, but I, I deep down inside, I didn't necessarily believe that that was going to be the case. So uh, yeah, that'd be wicked. Um, all right, one last thing. We have gone well over time, but it's okay, not a problem. We can talk about it. Um, the Swans have the highest average home attendance. Uh, we know we've got the highest memberships and we had even done in our first foundation year and we just had to continue that. And it feels like there's a solid ground support for the AFLW in Sydney. Um, but not everyone is convinced that the league is going as well as it is. So uh, Polly, I'll pass it over to you so that you can talk about it and then Steve-O and I can get really angry. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I'll try and keep the emotions out of it. So... Um, <laughs> We talked a couple uh, episodes ago about how the player agreement has shaken out um, and they said there was metrics and it wasn't super clear what those metrics were. Now it's come out and it's uh, more clear of what those metrics are. So I'll just pull it up. But it's basically in this season, the each game needs to have an average attendance or the average attendance of 2023 needs to be 3,500 per game. Um, and then if that happens, there will be 12 games next season as opposed to the 10. <sighs> Which, um, look, I'll let you guys get into it, but it is really frustrating to have the owners be on the fans, but I'll let you guys take it away. Okay. So Polly's done a good job there of keeping out emotion. So now it's our turn. Uh, Steve-O, it, it's just been like all the success of the AFLW has been, it's been grand. And... FIFA World Cups has come through and it's proven to the world that just good sport. If you build it, they will come. They will sell out every game. People will turn up. Build on the game. Trust on your product. It will happen. It looks like they've just pumped the brakes and now they're just like, oh yeah, this metric that we're just making up at the moment is for like three and a half, despite a lot of fields being outside of the city grounds and and some places hard to get to in weird times, you know, no night games, as, as Polly mentioned off, off the potty, no night games for the Swans would have dragged some good crowds over. There's just been nothing to really push us in the right direction. It looks like they are actively trying to slow it down. Steve-O, what do you think? Oh, and it's just this case of setting a setting a target that you know can't be achieved. So you can say, well, we were fair. We set a target. This target's been pulled out their ass, what, in the last couple of weeks, you're saying? Where, where was this even brought from, this 3,500, like 3,500 average across the whole bloody season? I'll, I'll read you out some numbers from last week's games, just like just the last round we had. These are all the crowds. 3,000, 1,200, 1,900, 2,800, 1,800. Swans, 4,500, biggest of the round by a considerable amount. 2,100, 1,400, 2,700. Those are the numbers from last week, from the nine games. The AFL has these numbers. They know that they're not going to get to 3,500 average. They know what's not going to happen. Yet they still come out and say, if you get to this, which we know you can't, we will give you something which you want. Which even even then isn't still even close to what is wanted, you know. So bugger off, silly! Like they're having a laugh. It's it's really really cynical, honestly. It's it's poor form. Yeah, I I even go as far to think have they just real because it's been a press release has come out today. That's why it's, we're discussing it. Um, I even wonder have they released this press release to try and guilt fans into going into the last three rounds, which is not. Like, that shouldn't be why people go to the game. The guilt shouldn't be the reason why we're going to these games. It's the quality of the game is why anyone is going to these games. And the enjoyment and the appreciation for these girls 
don't guilt us into mm. going to your sport. That doesn't make it's never going to work. You just look stupid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when they're not usually getting like most of these numbers, just looking like I'm looking at all the attendance numbers for this year on on here. This is from Oz Stadiums or something, and and even if they got like double their attendances for the last three rounds, they're still not going to get to that thirty five hundred average. Mm. And why tell us in round seven? Yeah, like yeah. piss off late at the start of the year. Like it's really, really crap the way that it's just been done. The, the honestly, legitimate making it up as they go. And as yeah. you said, Steve, I I agree with you. Like this, I don't even think we need the tin foil hats for this one. Like it is legitimately. Here's a target you're not going to hit. Oh well, we tried, and it's like you weren't going to try anyway. You didn't. You were pump, pumping the brakes on this anyway. We weren't that impressed with the the way you suspected the growth is going to be going forward. And then you still put metrics in front of that to see where we can get there. And then you made up the metrics as you went. Like. It's just so disappointing considering the, the game is getting good. The competition is good. You watch the games. I have never seen bigger hits in footy, in AFLW in particular, but just general footy in the last two weeks in particular. There have been girls destroying themselves going at the ball, going up for marks, doing flips in the air. Like the competition is awesome. Let it run. Let it get bigger. Yeah. Let it naturally yeah. yep. get to itself. It just frustrates me to and no then- end. It comes out in the same week that they're going to try and extend the men's season to start first week of March. Yeah, you won't extend the women's season, mm. yeah. even two extra games. Yeah. Like, how is that fair? How is that fair to the fans? How is that fair to the players? Like, it's just at the point where you having footy for only not two months of the year, and you're only dedicating three of those months to the girls, mm. and even then, there's overlap. So yeah. it's. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got to deal it's with all the ridiculous. crap too. Like, like even now, like the focus should be on the final month of the women's season. We're hearing garbage about North Melbourne swapping draft picks with freaking St Kilda. Like, I care, you know. Like, like there's actual the footy going on. Yeah. Like, if you like, yeah. like who cares? I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't give a crap what fringe Fremantle defender is out of contract. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care it, what second round picks got swapped. No, Riley, <laughs> give a shut crap. up. Riley, yeah. shut up! I only want to hear about the footy playing on the field. I need you to get. I need you to drum up support. Get players. Get people out to the games. I need you to focus on that marketing and get people to know that there's still footy going on. I don't care that some bloke from whatever town is being considered for being a traded for some no man swap in round eight. Like I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, and then and then it's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, if you don't double your crowd numbers in three weeks, we're going <laughs> to... Like, yeah, you're going to have to deal with having... And yeah. like just to <laughs> point on how stupid how only having a 10-round game is, the, uh, the longest ever suspension was announced today for three games. And if you think about three games in a 10-round season, yeah, that's a, lot. a third of the season this player has been suspended for, which is like, it was probably warranted like, to be three games, but that's... A third of the season. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't even know if it is. I'm pretty sure Tom Bug literally king hit Callum Mills. This is going back some years ago. And I, I don't know. I think he got five or six weeks, which is still not even in the equivalent of this. So yeah, that's a like, quarter. That's, yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> man, it just makes me so frustrated. Don't put the onus on the fans. If you build it, they will come. Yep. It's clearly working in Sydney. What is Sydney doing? Copy it everywhere else. Yep. Give them time, but give them more games because we're getting five home games. 
the chances are people are going on holidays. Like, they don't have just five weeks out of the year to just go to every single game. We are because we love it, but not everyone loves it as much as us. And you shouldn't have to just expect the people that love it to be going to the game. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then also you, you can compare. I mean, there are so many different ways that you can show just how ridiculous this brand new demand of the AFL is. Like, compare it to some of the top men's attendance leagues in in leagues like the A League or even NRL, some of the weaker teams, and right, look at how right. many people they're getting in. And then all of a sudden, you want every single AFLW club that's just bloody started some of them in sometimes hostile environments in terms of people don't even know what football is in some regions, especially Western Sydney. Like, they're really the ones that are getting screwed in this. I think GWS. They're yeah. getting absolutely I mean, just, when are they just forgotten not? about. Yeah, like, oh my god! And then, and then you expect like the Giants to be getting three and a half thousand people to a game in Blacktown on a Sunday morning at ten o'clock. Whenever Blacktown, at, yeah, at, at, on a thirty-five degree day at one yeah. p.m. in Blacktown. Yeah, that's real logical. People are definitely going to go to that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you're right, Steve. Like the, some of the AFL, sorry, some of the A League attendance is like two thousand, three thousand, four thousand, five. This is soccer. This is the biggest sport. Uh, in the world, this is like you, you. You post anything about soccer, it'll get like a billion likes because everyone's all about it. Everyone understands it. It's the number one sport playing around the world. It's the number one sport in Australia that's being played. Like if you talk about all the grassroots and everything else, yet they're not getting the numbers coming through. Sometimes, like don't get me wrong, the bigger teams and bigger tenants and big cities on a Friday night when it's all marketed and etc. will, but all the regular games aren't. So. The AFLW is doing very, very well considering the amount of like marketing and actual effort it's getting. I think yeah, and it's a brand so. new comp, effectively. Like in terms of a national comp with eighteen teams, it's a two-season old competition. Yeah, like get a grip. I know. This is what I also blame. I also blame podcasts. AFLW podcasts, <laughs> like, like like us, like no, people like us. us. Where we're here doing it. Where the, uh, is the other podcast? Where's the other Swans podcast in supporting their girls and their team? Right? Where yeah. are they? Where is the GWS guys and Squinters? I love them. God bless them. But where are they? They're not focused yep. on this. It's also everyone else. It's it's, it's the it's culture bullshit. around the footy. Yes. It's the culture of it's a less good product. It doesn't deserve the airtime, yeah. which is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look if you're a supporter from another Foxville, team that's yeah. listening to this because you have to, because no one else that's, is talking AFLW, then go out, go find your depressing. regular podcast and annoy the living daylights out of them because they you deserve better than them. And if you're not getting it, go make something. Go, I'll help you. But it, yeah. needs, it needs coverage from the ground up. Everyone needs to get involved. And it's the other way, like the whole way the media looks at it too. Like I, I subscribe to this international AFL channel here, which is mostly all of the Foxtel content, all of their shows and crap. Most of them, they stop one week after the men's grand final. That's it. They're done for the year. And then they pop back up in the men's preseason. And it's like this football is not even happening. You know, it's, it's starting from that level and it's everywhere. Yeah. Yep. AFL themselves have a lot to answer for, for their own demise yep. is basically what it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Have we got that out of our system? Everyone okay? Everyone feel better? I feel a little bit better. Be, I feel yes. a little bit better. Yes. Yeah. And, and a little that being bit less said, better. If you're a Swans fan and you live in Sydney, Melbourne or Perth, you have one more opportunity to see the girls play. Just get down and see them play. It is so important at this point to get people at the games. I know we're doing an amazing job, but just get down there. Go and see the girls. They are playing so well. It's just in your best interest to and their best interest to go to the game. Well said, Polly. Well said. I know I took my family to most of their first games and they had their best time. They had best time and they'll be going to all the games going forward. So it, 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 you can get members 
really attached to AFL on the back of AFLW. Like you really, really like, can. Think about the amount of little girls that we saw oh. on. Like it, it fills my heart with joy because I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. Mm. Get your little girls down there. Get your little boys down there. They just want to go and have fun at the footy. Like it's just a great opportunity to get people involved. Yeah. I, I remember talking about this with Noddy, and I might as well bring it up quickly now because he just reminded me that when I went to watch the GWS uh, Swans game at the SCG last year, they had kick to kick. And I remember going out there and it, was a, it wasn't the most attended um, game. But what I noticed was that there was mums out on the field kicking with their little girls or boys. Like that's not traditionally been what it's about. You know what I mean? No. It's normally been mums like you know, not going to the game or whatever. She's at yep. home. And, and this is this is actually making a, a difference. Like it actually is yeah. making a big difference. So please, people support feel your people. more comfortable at those games than at the men's games. Yeah. So if you have someone in your life that just you have not been able to, you know, convince, this is the way to convince them. They will enjoy this game, even if they don't. They will have fun on the hill. They will have fun in the sun. Just it's ten dollars. Yeah, it's ten dollars <laughs> of your life and okay. two hours. You, it, it's worth it. It's bang for buck. It is bang. Yeah. All right, look, we're going to pass it over to the most famous Swan supporter in AFLW right now. Polly, you got gift, you got gifted some merch. Would you like to uh, yeah, yes. tell, tell the audience how, uh, how important yes. you are, please? Yeah, so in some good news and, you know, uh, some recognition of uh, fandom, I guess. Uh, at the end of the game, I got a message on Twitter from the Swans social media account being like, are you still at the game? I have something for you, which very random and out of the blue. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still here. And so uh, Michelle from the Swans was like, come down to this part. I have something to give you. And so I walked down and because it was Indigenous round, Mickey O was there which I didn't know. Um, and she actually got him to sign a couple badges for me. Oh. So I have two signed Mickey O badges now. And not many people would know this, but Mickey O was actually the first ever badge that I had. And he was the only one I had oh, for wow. a very long time. Oh, awesome. Michelle didn't even know that. It's a total that's coincidence. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and it just shows that like, if you're putting in the effort to sh- talk about the AFLW, the gift will be given back to you. So um, just putting that positive energy out in the world. I'm very, very thankful and very, very blessed that, that was the case and yeah we're just going to keep talking about it and that you know it's effort is being shown and people are appreciating the stuff you're putting out there so if you are tweeting about it, if you are making content keep doing it because it is worthwhile yeah 100 and we are and in all fairness polly is the number one aflw fan for sydney swans for sure <laughs> that's no doubt uh zane ren white the godfather himself the man he was the one who put me in touch with with polly uh when i was asking around for someone so there is no doubt in anyone's mind that it's very well deserved so polly that that is genuinely coming from a good place jealousy granted but from a really good place <laughs> that, that you, yeah you're very much deserving of that so yeah well done for that um all right well that takes us to the end uh it's been a long episode we appreciate everyone for listening we have blown up a few times in it but that's just the way it is the cookie crumbles in different ways every week. Um, all the best to the girls this week against the doggies. Some of us will see you at the ground. If you are going to the ground, please reach out to us and we, oh my God, hang on. We, we've got some, uh, do, 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 Polly, some will, I mail. will be at the ground. I will be at the ground. So if you do uh, see that's me, right. there come we go. and say hello. I, I love talking swans. So if you do see me at the ground and you're in Melbourne, I will be there. So clear glasses and a number five chat. jersey, Chloe Malloy. If you ever, if you're thinking about it, with a badge that has Mickey O'Loughlin's uh, signature, yeah. On it. Yeah. <laughs> signature on it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well then, yeah. Polly, we'll see you at the ground. But until then, 
up the bloods and Kanye Swanee. Kanye Swanee.